Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Saints of God, this morning, the title of my message is The Songs of the Redeemed. The Songs of the Redeemed. I'm going to ask you, if you wouldn't mind, to kindly stand to your feet for those that are able. We're going to be reading this morning. It's quite a few verses. It's going to be Exodus 15. I'm sorry I didn't write it up there, but I'm giving you the the, the scripture now. The scripture reading is from Exodus chapter 15. We're going to read verses 1 through 21. We're going to read 21 verses. Turn your neighbor and say, I ain't scared of no long verses. Hallelujah. Amen. I ain't afraid. Praise God. It's the word. The word of the Lord says, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider has thrown into the sea. He has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he cast into the sea. He, his chosen captains are also drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The floods stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. And the enemy said, I will pursue. Listen to this. This is just straight up foolishness. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Here comes the answer to that foolishness. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among The gods with little g. Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallowed them. You, in your mercy, have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. 
The people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom will be dismayed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, will take hold of them. All the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. Fear and dread will fall on them. By the greatness of your arm, they will be as still as a stone. Until your people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over whom you have purchased, you will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. That's verse 18. For the horses of Pharaoh went with his chariots and his horsemen into the sea, and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land, in the midst of the sea. Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand. And all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Glory to God. One, two, three. One. Hallelujah. One, two, three. Yes. There you go. Praise God. We're all together. Saints of God, you may take your seats this morning. Hallelujah. This message is going to be short and sweet. I don't have to sell this one. This one sells itself. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Many of us are familiar with the story of deliverance of God's people from Israel in the land of slavery, which is Egypt. And God sent Moses as the deliverer of his chosen people. And we know the story. I'm not going to go too deep into that, but we know that God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Listen, sometimes when you have enemies and you might think that they're prevailing over you, you might not be aware that it may be God himself that has hardened their heart to come against you so that he can show himself strong in defending you. Praise the Lord. And sometimes we, we miss the, the point. Hallelujah. God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And then he sent ten plagues to the people of Egypt. And we know the story at, at the first. They were like, God sent you. You made our labor even worse. You made our workload even heavier. And now we're supposed to make brick without straw. How are we possibly going to do that? Now, after we're tired from working in the sun all day, now we got to go out at night and cut our own grass and our own hay to make the brick. And we cannot diminish not even one uh, ounce of our daily load. You've brought calamity upon us. You, you know, you remember, they started complaining to Moses. But the plagues that God brought upon them even hardened their heart even more until the 10th plague, the game changer. 
when God took the most precious thing to every living thing in Egypt. That means people and cattle, every firstborn of every living thing. The angel of death came and took them. Not one house in all of Egypt was without loss. From Pharaoh to the lowest person in the dungeon, every family in Egypt lost a loved one. The Bible says there was great lamenting. There was great uh, 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 anguish and crying and, and, and weeping all throughout the land. You could hear screaming in every neighborhood. Can you imagine that kind of calamity? Every house, not one, was left untouched. None but the people of Israel that were covered by the lamb's blood on the doorpost. But they were all devastated, bitter in heart, greatly lamenting. And they got to the place where the Egyptians, the Egyptians themselves went to the Pharaoh and said, Let these people go. Don't you see what's happening? We can't fight their God. And at that time, they were set free after that plague. But listen, not only were they set free, I want you to get this. The Bible says that when they were released, they plundered the Egyptians. I don't know if you're hearing with that. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah. Exodus 12, 36, when they were released, their captivity was over. The Bible says, and they plundered Egypt. That means go, just Go, take everything. Here, take the gold. Take this. Take, take food. Take hay. Take, take everything. Take the camels. Just leave. Just go away. Leave us alone. Can you imagine your captor is now saying, please just go. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Don't bother me no more. Leave me alone. God's word is so true and so faithful. The wealth of the wicked stored up for the righteous. The wealth of the wicked now given over to God's people. Somebody say recompense. Hallelujah. Somebody say restoration. Replenishment. Release. Hallelujah. That means what the devil stole from you has to be returned back to you. Even sevenfold according to the word of God. What has been taken away from you, all the misery, all the suffering, is got to be paid back. And God's going to make sure that that happens. Your enemies are going to say, here, just take it. Go, leave us alone. Do you remember that at the beginning of this year, we began to declare this is the year of recompense. This is the year of restoration. It is the year of the release, the transfer of wealth from the wicked into the righteous. We did a three day, uh, three days to victory. We had Pastor Shadrach with a vision and he saw the roof opened up. We were all here. What were we doing, people of God? We were praising the Lord for three days straight. I don't remember not one single time during that three days that anybody prayed, God, we need a building. God, help us. Lord, we don't know what, not one. We were here for three days jamming. At three o'clock in the morning, we were worshiping. We were having a celebration. We was cooking hot dogs and hamburgers we were here for three days as a as a church of the early church we were all together as one Amen. and it was amazing 
And then we started talking about Genesis 24 with uh, uh, Abraham's servant, Eleazar, seeking out a wife for Abraham and the year of the camels, according to Hebrew tradition. And this is the year of recompense and restoration and, and the wealth transferred over to the righteous. But guess what? We also stated it was also the year of death. And there was going to be much death in this year. That's not to be taken lightly. Yes, the people of God were delivered. Yes, there's a transfer of wealth from the wicked to the righteous. Pastor Shadrach, if you recall the vision that he had, that the, the roof opened up and what appeared to be snow from the heavens, as it came down, it turned into little envelopes. I would imagine they were envelopes filled with cash. That means God's going to fund the whole project. Hallelujah. Just saying. But people are going to see with their own eyes. They're going to behold the transfer. They're going to behold the recompense. Lives are going to be set free. Uh, uh, people are going to be delivered from bondages. Your boss may be the very one saying, I was wrong. Please forgive me. As a matter of fact, I want to promote you to this. You, you never know what God is doing. I'm going to say this. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. A couple of weeks ago, God gave me a dream. And in this dream, we were all here. I don't know if it was a Wednesday night. I don't know if it was a Sunday morning. But we were all here in church. And during the middle of service, we got a report that someone died. It could be a political figure. It could be a, a political or, or a figure in the body of Christ, a, a person that's well-known. I don't know who it was. I don't even know if it was a member of our church. But I do know this, that in the dream, I knew exactly who it was. And, and it, it came in, the news came in, in the middle of service, and we all stopped. And all of us just said, oh my God, let's take a minute. Let's absorb this. It was such a detrimental blow. It was a big hit. And, and the whole church experienced this great loss that just happened and we began to pray and we were really just saddened by and struck by this news and then I remember looking at my phone and it said the date I'm not going to give the date but I'm telling you it's within days of now and I remember saying to everyone wow this day this is when it happened it's the day this week by the way I'm just saying one of the days this week and I'm not going to repeat that date I told some of the leaders, I've been praying for three weeks that this day comes and goes like nothing. That would be a victory for me. But we're in a time and a season where, you know, they could be putting chemtrails in the air. They could be putting, they're doing so much. They're injecting stuff in the food. If you look at most all packages now, it says made with bioengineered products. I mean, we don't even know what we're eating. They're trying to kill us. You better be praying over your meals. You better be praying even over the water that comes out of your faucet. There could be nanoparticles in the plumbing. You never know what's going on. They're trying to kill us. And I think this week alone, there were so many people that have passed. This week and last week, so many people, so many people that have passed on. Listen, life is not guaranteed to anybody. And while we're here, we need to make sure that we're worshiping God, that we have a right relationship with the Lord, that we're on a firm foundation, and that we can't be distracted by everything else. Just keep your eyes on Christ. 
But I want you to pray with me that this week passes like, like another week. I pray that I'm completely wrong. Glory to God. That would be a great victory for me. I don't want to see anyone die. I don't want to see anyone die. I want people to live and declare the word of the Lord and praise God. I want to see people saved, baptized, delivered, healed. I want the whole world to know that God is still alive. He's still on his throne. But isn't it something that when you see or hear of the word death, it gets your attention right away. If you're in a funeral home and you're looking at a, at a tent in a box, it gets your attention. And I don't care what anybody says. We all have to reckon with that. Every one of us need to be aware of where we're headed after that day comes. And when all hell seemed to be against the people of God, and they're now at the Red Sea, and the Pharaoh's army, the big great army, that they, they relented. They say, man, we should have killed them. We should have never let them leave, especially with our goods. Let's go and kill them. Now they got an army hot on their trail, a big sea in front of them. They say, what are we going to do? And God tells Moses, what do you have in your hand? Stretch it out. Have I not used that staff of yours? Stretch it out. And with a blast of God's nostrils, the sea opened up and they walked across as on dry land. And the people of God were delivered and they were set free. And they saw the Egyptians, the water collapsing on them. And Miriam and the, the sons of Israel, they began to sing. The, verse, the very verses that I read to you is a song that was sung by the people of God, the Israelites, that were delivered from their captors. Everything that was against them and God delivered them. They celebrated. They offered worship unto God. They sang the songs of the deliverance. They sang songs of freedom. They sang the song of the redeemed. How many are redeemed by God this morning? God's people, they went from slavery to Sinai. Hallelujah. They crossed the Red Sea like on dry ground. Glory to God. I love the word that said the earth below congealed that means the ground hardened you know can you imagine the water split but then the ground because it's been saturated forever and ever it's got to be muddy and, and the bible says the earth congealed that means it went and hardened up like rock like rock you know even the dirt has to obey god god says harden up mm. You understand this is the God we serve and we were we we're all complaining when things don't go right man God says it boom it happens the earth congealed and God's people walked across it and and they had walls of water and little fishies and swimmy things and 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 bubble what are the jelly things uh jellyfish they're watching as they're walking and they're looking at the deliverance can you imagine a wall in your house of water? Just going, shh. Even the water has to obey God. What manner of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. These people got to experience the power of God. They got to see the protection of God. They got to experience just the awesomeness of God. Guess what? 
delivered people don't have to fight. All they need to do is just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Look at this, 2 Chronicles 20. I love this chapter. I love this chapter. We preached 17, 18, 19, 20, even 21 and 22. I've done a sermon on all those verses, and it's been almost identical, parallel of what this church has been going through since 2017. I, I encourage you to read it as homework. That's the history of this house, those verses. But in verse 17, it says, you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord your God is with you. God will allow your own eyes to see the destruction of the wicked. Hallelujah. That gets me excited. This is what they did. They came. They were worshiping. Those guys in the front with the white, they're not dressed for battle. Those are the worshipers. And they probably had to put their drum down, their guitar, their, their, their stringed instruments, their horn, the trumpet, the cowbell, the maraca. They had to put it all down. And they looked at the field and there was nothing but death everywhere. Psalm 91.8, it says, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. That means those that have come against you, those that are fighting against you, those that want to steal your husband, those that want to steal your wife, those that want to steal your job, those that want to rob your bank account. Do you know this church came under attack? They almost took money out of the church. I'm talking a lot of money. There's such evil in the world. We had to get everything changed. New account number, new everything. People are hacking. There's, there's evil everywhere. You might think that you're safe and you're secure, but there are crooks out there. But only with your eyes shall you stand and see the reward of the wicked. Do you know that I've had to pray, God, relent? Lord, those that tried to take from your house, Thank God not a penny was taken. Praise God. Lord, go easy on them. Don't, don't let your wrath fall upon them. Because you know how God is? God could take one of their children. God could take them. You know, God could do some stuff to them that they would never forget. Sometimes we got to pray over our enemies that God would chill. God, it ain't that serious. We didn't lose a dime. God, please relent. Relent. We don't want to see destruction fall upon them. We want them to see you to be saved. Sometimes Christians, and I, I say this uh, 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 really, uh, uh, I, I have to say this. Sometimes Christians are like, I hope they go to hell. Burn in hell. Burn. Listen, we say these things out of our mouth and we don't realize how foolish. Hell was not made for a single human being. Not one person should go there. I don't want to see no, I don't even want my enemies to end up there. And just like when we're not evangelizing, it's the same thing. We're telling them to, to go to hell without words. But that's a sermon for another day. Praise God. The Egyptians, the enemies of God were completely destroyed. There are still relics today 
that are on the floor of the Red Sea. And as you could see on the screen, I put some pictures up there for you to uh, uh, peruse, to, to review the relics. After the Jews were set free, the Egyptians went back and they pursued God's people. And now we see relics of that ridiculous decision. Pharaoh's armies were drowned at sea. The very armies, look at the people safe and sound on the other side. But Pharaoh's army is about to get wiped out. God decimated the enemies of Israel, his chosen people. All things are possible with those who believe God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. In this passage of scripture, yes, they made some foolish declarations. Listen, sometimes your enemy will start talking trash. Maybe I'm the only one. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, when your enemies, when they think they got you, especially rich folk, when they talk to you like you're a peasant, like you're a peon, like a pauper. Yeah, I said it. When they talk to you like you're a nadie, like a cualquiera, like a nobody. No respect. You better get out. You got to be out. I want to destroy this building. I want to tear this building. You guys got to be out. Get out. Get out. I bind that in the name of Jesus. I ain't going nowhere until God says it's time for you to go. That's the facts, Jack. Hallelujah. I know the God that I serve. When people talk down to you like you're a peasant, like you're a nothing, when your enemy starts to say those words, you got to look at your enemy, hallelujah, and laugh. The enemy of God, listen, they said six declarations. I don't want you to miss this because my wife and I, now that she's always with the numbers, I'm starting to see things now differently too. They made six declarations of foolishness. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide my spo the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword and my hand shall destroy them. Six represents the number of man, the flesh of man, a foolish man. And when it's multiplied three times, that's the Antichrist. That's the number of the beast, 666. Did you know that Goliath had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each feet? And he was over six foot tall. He's a representation of the Antichrist. Egypt in scripture always represents sin. It always represents the enemies of God. They were idolaters. They were rebels. And in the song of God's people, you will notice that they sang a whole song in 21 verses. People of God, they sang in that uh, uh, 21 verse song 13 times of how God was going to destroy their enemy. We know that 13 in scripture is a number of rebellion. And we know that in this, well, you may not know this, but in the Bible, the word dragon is written 13 times. That means the slippery snake, Satan himself, is listed in scripture 13 times in the term dragon. But guess what? There's also another term listed 13 times in the word of God. You know what that term is? Son of God. The Son of God is named 13 times written in the scripture. That means that there's a Son of God for every dragon that is mentioned in the Word of God. 
Praise the Lord. And the word 21, we know it's a, a good number, but it's also a bad number. 21 is the manifested spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God. But it's also manifest darkness revealed. Every time 21, every time God wants to put a stamp on his power, his glory, he'll put a little number 21 stamp on it. Every time the enemy is defeated, there's a 21 stamp on it. Glory to God. Listen, the numbers preach. And when you look at the word of God and you try to go a little bit deeper, you start to understand that God has an answer for everything. Everything the enemy tries to do to come against you, God is stronger. As a matter of fact, the Lord our God is our strength. The Lord my God is my strength. The Jews had harsh memories of their slavery days, of the whips on their back, of their captivity. They had labored long and hard. They were in deep anguish in hostile working conditions. They remembered the sting of pain on their back. They remembered the death of their loved ones under the Pharaoh's rule and bondage. They have longed for freedom for years, even decades, but they were too weak to secure it themselves. And then God, Abba Father, intervenes and he sets them free and now he surrounds them he brings a pillar of fire at night a cloud by day he gives them kfc if from the heavens chicken hallelujah he gets water from the rock they got bread from heaven manna even in the midst of their complaints god sustained them and blessed them i was gonna say he gives them al-qaeda chicken <laughs> That's that crown chicken, Kennedy's chicken, that Al-Qaeda chicken. For many of us understand and know what it feels like to be delivered. To be delivered from your adversary. I've got to tell you, church, that while we've been a ministry, we've been in ministry 15 years. We've had four different landlords and every single one of them at one point or another had removed us from the building. Never because of us, never because of not paying, never because of us messing around with things or breaking things. We've always left the place better than when we found it. But out of greed, people selling properties out of whatever their motivation was, it's like, okay, guys, you got to go. But every single time, and this is why I have such peace now in my life. I've learned this lesson so many times that I don't need to be fretting or frowning anymore. Every time God has allowed us to be removed from one place to go to another, guess what, saints of God? It's always been better. Four times we've moved as a church, and from one place to the next place to the next place to the next place, it's always been better. It's never been backward. It's always forward. And I believe that this place, this time, and this season is not going to be any different. We have never gone backwards in all these years. And I remember at, there were times where I was trying to hold things together as much as I could on my own strength. And my wife, my wife, and she's here, this woman of God who I absolutely adore. But my wife, a lot of time, men, this is important for us. My wife feeds on my confidence. It's true. You know how we feed on the faithfulness of God? My wife feeds on my confidence. And she looks at me, she says, if you're not worried, then I'm not worried. If you're worried or you're anxious, then we need to pray because I don't know what else to do but pray. 
But when, when I look at my wife and I say, babe, don't worry. God's got this. Listen, we're good. We're good. Don't you worry. We're going to be in good shape. You watch. You see, when I'm prophesying into her spirit and then when she sees me waffling she probably hey you said god said you said you said you, you know and she we we now encourage one another but if my wife sees me weak she's gonna be weak and that's why men of god that's why god needs you to spend time in prayer god needs you to spend time in his presence god needs you to find the upload to get the upload for your family to get the upload for the church but I remember on this last time where I was just trying so hard to hold it together. I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to hold it together, Lord. What is happening here? I can't make sense of this. This is crazy. We're going to be displaced. We've got all this equipment. There ain't no storage facility big enough to hold all this stuff. What are we going to do? And I remember being in the shower, the only place of sanctuary, the place where I'm in my private place. And I'm watching. And I'm putting my head on the wall. You think I'm kidding. I thought my wife couldn't hear me. And I'm praying, God, hold me up. I can't even stand anymore. What am I going to do? help me i'm trying to hold it together but i'm a man help help how many have ever been there three days after that prayer we we moved into this building three days because we had 11 days left we get to this place 8,000 square foot it was supposed to be golden area furniture store we were going to occupy that mall now it's a strip mall Nellie's and all that is there that whole place was empty we were going to occupy that but there was no parking I said I don't care we'll go anywhere and three days before I get a call the mayor shut it down no churches you're done now I go home ah! and you know what the Lord said get back to church you know what the solution was then just stop tripping praise me just worship me i don't want you to do nothing else this is not your fight this is not your battle you don't even need no money just worship me and i said everybody let's go back to church and now you got boxes everywhere you got the drums packed up keyboard everything just packed up everywhere they started ripping down the, the the pulpit the rugs were pulled up everything it's just empty and we just start going hallelujah he is my king of kings he is the lord of lord we start worshiping god and i get the call and we're here it's always the same you praise god even when you don't understand you worship him through the storm when you complain it removes the fingerprint whoop Saints of God, don't throw in the towel just yet. Behold, in Christ, all things are made new. When you've come to Christ, you are a new creation. And now you have a new person in your life. Hallelujah. God will strengthen you even in the midst of your trial. But he wants us to pass the test. We've got to start saying things like, I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength hallelujah we got to recognize that the lord is 
my song. Who is like the Lord? Nobody. There's a song, Israel Hewn. Who is like the Lord? Nobody. Who is like the Lord? No, 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 nobody. You know, sometimes we got to put some effort into that bad boy. We can't just sing. No, 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 nobody. Yeah. Who is like the Lord? Nobody. Now, I don't know how to do that nonsense, foolishness. Hallelujah. My wife will start saying, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Listen, I got a crazy praise. Hallelujah. Who is like the Lord? The Israelites said the Lord is glorious and triumphant. They sang he's glorious in holiness. He's fearful in praises. Our God is a God who does wonders. Listen, when you've been set free and you've been delivered, you get a new song. You even start making up songs. Hallelujah. Even if you can't sing, you're singing off pitch, off key. Hallelujah. And Sister India's going, wait. Sing that again, sing that again, sing that again. You sing it, you sing it. But God is like, let him sing, let him sing, hallelujah. Give me the glory, hallelujah. I'm busting chops, sister, hallelujah. When you have a song, you begin to praise God. Praise him in the sanctuary. No more wimpy, weak praises. Hallelujah. You begin to shout from the rooftops. You know what the word is? Shabbat. Hallelujah. Shabbat is when you praise God with a loud praise, with a loud tone. We go, hey! And everybody said, this dude is crazy. But when the praise is inside, you can't hold it back. It'll, it'll erupt and explode out of your chest. When you're grateful to God for the things that he has done, you begin to express the joy of the Lord. This is why when you're in your shower going, and God delivers you, now you're like, yes, what a God we serve. It's a game changer. Weeping may endure for an evening, but joy cometh in the morning. He's holy. God gives you something to rejoice about. God gives you something to celebrate. Listen to this, saints of God. God is not just your deliverer, but God is your healer. He's your provider. He's your fortress. He's your savior. He's your redeemer. He's your defender. He's all that and a bag of chips. Hallelujah. He's not just the man upstairs or the guy in the sky. He is the God who lives inside of your heart, who makes your heart his home. He is not just the ruler of planets, but he is the ruler of your plans. Hallelujah. He is not just a miracle worker, but he is also a way maker. He's not just a promise keeper, but he's a spirit feeder. Hallelujah. He's not just a phenomenon, but he's the God that you got to keep your eyes on. Hallelujah. He's not a God of stories, but he's a God of his story. Hallelujah. He's not an imitator, but he's the one and only creator. Hallelujah. 
God is not a God who is not on the throne. He is uh, on the throne and he is God alone. Hallelujah. He is above all enemies. He is a man of war. And according to this song, his name is the Lord. He is the king of glory. Psalm 24, 7 through 10. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, O you everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Selah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put that in your vape and vape it. That's corny. That didn't work. Hallelujah. We used to say in the 80s, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Now nobody uses pipes anymore, so now I'm going to use a vape. All right, forget it. Hallelujah. David knew the king of glory. Hallelujah. He wrote beautiful songs to the king of glory. Praise God. Our God gives us a new song. Despite the enemies all around trying to steal your song, God gives you a song. And the world needs to hear our song. The world needs to hear the songs of the redeemed that God placed in your heart to be sung out loud. The king of glory needs to hear your song, your celebration, your praise. Do you have a song this morning? Do you sing your song to him? The Bible says, sing unto the Lord a new song. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Praise him always. The Lord is my salvation. The people of God knew their delivering God. Verse 13, it says, you in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. Let me tell you something, church. Yes, there are bulldozers right now in the backyard. There are beautiful little apartment buildings being put up in our backyard. Our adversaries are coming against us from every direction. Your pastor is putting out fires and and blocking darts from every direction. I tell you the truth. But I know God. I know my God. The foolish declarations that the enemies of God are saying are going to fall right back on them. Hallelujah. The stone that they try to roll on us is going to roll back on them. The sword that they unsheath is going right into their own heart. Don't mess with the people of God. Don't mess with God's people. Have they no fear of God? Have mercy on them, Lord God. Hallelujah. Love them, Lord. Hallelujah. Don't worry. I'll put some oil on her when we get home. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes! Beat them, Lord. Beat them. Smite them, Lord. Smash their teeth. Make their remembrance no more. Remove them from the earth, Lord. That's what God does. But we ain't supposed to pray for that. Right? We're supposed to love them that, that persecute us. 
It's hard to do. Because I want to go, I want to take a napkin when she said that and go like this. Yes. But I can't. But I got it out of my system, though. Hallelujah. God gives you a song. He is your salvation. Don't be afraid. Listen, the very thing that the people use against the people of God will be the very thing that used against them, the press, the media. You don't want no negative press. What about God? Is there no reverence for God? Is there no fear? I know my God. I know that I am not alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am not alone. I'm singing it every week. I'm not alone. I know who I serve. I know the God that I serve. Psalm 46, 1. This is how your pastor feels right now. Like that dude at the lighthouse standing there in the midst of that. And he's singing, hallelujah. I am not alone. Praise God. Listen, how many have ever felt like that? Where you're in the middle of the ocean and there's no one around. But you start singing to God and you're not alone. Praise God. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. God is my source. He's my strength. He's my strong tower. He is our shepherd, our defender. God is the rock of our salvation. Praise God. Brother Larry Love, he read it earlier in Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And so shall I be saved from my enemies. That's the answer. That's the solution. When we don't do this, we're basically saying, I don't trust you enough to worship you. When you start complaining, you're telling God, you aren't my salvation. You aren't my rock. You are not my shield. You are not my fortress. I don't trust you to run into you and be saved. There's nothing you could do. My enemy is stronger than you. When you refuse to trust God, when you refuse to praise your way out of the storm, you're basically telling God the very opposite of what's written in his word. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope he ain't talking about you. Praise God. He ain't talking about me. Hallelujah. Saints of God, when are we going to learn? Choose praise. Choose to praise God. Even when you don't understand it. Choose to praise God. It's always the solution. It's always going to be the solution. God inhabits the praises of his people. That means that God is enthroned in our worship. He rejoices over us in our song. Praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him in the street. Praise him at home. Praise him when you're alone. Praise him when you run. And praise him when you're done. Hallelujah. Nelson would like that one. Praise him in the morning and in the afternoon. Praise him in the evening and sing to him your tune. Ah, yeah, boy, I changed it. Hallelujah. You know that song, Skid him a rinky dinky dink. We were singing that last night with the little baby. I changed it. Praise God. I love you in the morning and in the afternoon. I love you in the evening. 
nah, and I'm going to sing my tune. Hallelujah. Unto you, Jesus, praise God. We got to praise him for his mercy. Praise him for his leading. Praise him for who he is. Praise him for guidance. Praise him for his holiness. Praise him for his salvation. And saints of God, for the love of Jesus Christ, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, stop complaining. God never sits on the throne of negativity or on the throne of your doubt or your bitterness. The quickest way to delay your blessed day is to fray. <laughs> it's called alliteration, my love. Hallelujah. Amen. Stop complaining. Get over yourself. Stop complaining. Don't complain about the wrong. Just continue to sing your song. Hallelujah. Stay focused. Don't get distracted. Keep your gaze fixed upon the Lord. I promise it's going to change the outlook. Proverbs 4.25, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Remember that soon after the de de deliverance from the Red Sea, the very Jews who were singing the song began to start complaining again. And when they began to complain, they lost sight of the delivering God. Turn your neighbor and say, never forget your God. And I'm going to tell you to say this too. Look to your neighbor and say, don't treat God like a stepdad. You know what that means? Like a weekend visit. Oh, well, this Sunday, I got to go visit dad. I got to go to dad's house, get my praise on. You know, we always get our praise on on Sunday morning. Then Saturday, a uh, Monday through Saturday, you forget all about God. You don't even call him. And when the clock says Saturday, oh, we got to get, get ready for church. Got to go visit dad. That's how many of us treat the Lord. Don't forget God. He's always in your corner. The Jews were the master complainers. And, and it resulted in many of them missing the promised land. An entire generation had to die off because of their constant complaining and murmuring and bickering. And they never, many of them never got to see or experience the promised land, the promise of God. Did God break the promise? No. God is not a promise breaker. He's a promise keeper. Their kids entered the promised land, but they died off. Never forget the Lord. Praise him always. One day, you're going to look at your adversary right in their face. And you're going to say like Joseph said in Genesis 50, 20. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Saints of God, be like Joseph, the very one who uttered those words. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. And I close with this. Verse 21, the horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The sea is a place of forgetfulness. That means you'd never be remembered. Micah 719, he will have or he will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. Listen. When the Lord starts talking about the sea, that means some things are going to be forgotten. 
Amen. Along though, there's other things in the sea that's going to come up out of the ocean. Listen, the wrath of God is not meant for the people of God, but it is going to come. And there's a time soon at hand that's coming. We don't want to be here. I'd rather see the destruction of my enemies. I'd rather sing and watch my enemies implode and kill themselves. Deuteronomy 28.7 The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you in seven ways. Isaiah 54.17 no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. And Psalm 23, one of my favorites, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Saints of God, listen, before I close, who is the real enemy? Who is the real enemy? We may think that our enemy is the landlord. The neighbor, the co-worker, your boss, your family, your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter. And let me tell you, that is completely wrong. Right. Our real enemy is not flesh, but the Bible says of spiritual rulers of wickedness in high places. Evil spirits that now work in the sons of disobedience, according to Ephesians 2.2. 2. Mm -hmm. Listen to what the Word of God says. We are not fighting against flesh and blood or enemies. This is Ephesians 6, 12 and 13. But against rulers of, and authorities of the unseen world and against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will still be standing firm how many want to stand firm when the enemy is being decimated and you're over here praying for their well-being and they're basically uh, uh, plotting your destruction and you pray that god will bless them and then you see god destroy them it actually brings compassion god have mercy mercy as long as you keep your eyes on jesus as long as you trust and obey the living God and you never complain, you're going to see the deliverance of the Lord. Our salvation is forever. It's eternal. And surely we will reign with God forever. If you are redeemed, if you are blood brought, if you are born again, if you have a song of victory in your heart. Saints of God, do you have a song of the redeemed in your heart? A song of victory. If not, you need to hear from God and have a song placed in your spirit this afternoon. Amen. God bless you, saints of the Most High God. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. 
Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.